Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast, a podcast where we talk about training for ultras, also training for ultras, and then sometimes we also talk about training for ultras. This is episode 82. Today, we are very fortunate enough to have race director and longtime ultra runner Sean the Runbum Blanton on, who is actually under house arrest right now. He has exactly 62 minutes to talk to us uh, as mandated by Fulton County Police Department. <laughs> Sean Blanton, how are you doing today? Hey, man, that's great. How, how are you guys doing? I'm, I'm really happy to be on the show. And, and like you said, it's, it's a great time in my life right now. Uh, I'm hoping they're, I'm going to get acquitted, but they're just kind of detaining me temporarily. If you have small children within earshot, cover their ears for this episode. Um, I'm just joking around, but Sean's a, a fun guy to talk to, and I mean, we spend a lot of time on Georgia Death Race. It's coming up here real quickly for me, I think about seven days out, so enjoy the episode. I wanted to thank my sponsors. Big thank you to Exoskin. If you haven't tried them out, feel free to use my promo code T the number four U twenty for twenty percent off all of Exoskin gear. I really like their socks, calf sleeves, base layers. I'll be wearing all that gear during um, Georgia Death Race here shortly. Big thank you to Destination Trail. I'll be using, I'll, I'll be running all those races pretty much this year. Thank you to Sufferfest Beer. Excited that. They'll finally have distribution. I know I've talked about that like every episode. Like they have good distribution in California and Colorado, but so hopefully um, them getting bought out by Sierra Nevada will help distribution here shortly. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. Last but not least, Ultimate Direction. Be wearing the Halo vest during Georgia Death Race. So the book's available, trainingforultra.com for the physical, Amazon for the Kindle, and hopefully the audiobook is getting ready. Kind of set the date April 17th for the audiobook. It will be available on Audible and iTunes. So look forward to finally sharing that project with you guys. Appreciate your um, continued support and Patreon and everything else. Truly, truly appreciate it. Hopefully you like this episode. Sean, Sean can uh, throw down a few cuss words here and there. So again, uh, get those small children away from the speakers and... <laughs> Just enjoy the episode. Enjoy your training, too. How have you been? I'm, I'm super excited about your race. So, Georgia Death Race. It's been on my radar since literally probably, like, my third time out on the trails. Like, there was a ultra-running couple. They were always out there talking highly of it. They did the race every year, or they volunteered there. And it was like, I got to do that race. But it always kind of scared the crap out of me. And, um, you know, that's when I first found out about you and, and learned more. And then it sounded like you had, are you a coach also, by the way, did you have, like uh, I've dabbled in like some life coaching and shit like that before. <laughs> oh, um, no, no. I, so, well, actually I, you know, before you ask that, let me just, for people listening who don't know me or whatever, um, not that I expect people to know me. Uh, so I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm 32 years old. Actually, next weekend during the Georgia death race, I actually turned 33. So, hooray me. 
Uh, can't believe I've lived this long. I've lived many lives within that. Uh, I've been ultra running now for about 10 years. Um, I've just like you, man, would see these races when I first started running. It was like, fuck, man, I got to go do this. Uh, I've now run over 150 official ultra marathons uh, all around the world, man. I'm not like Dean Carnassus or anything uh, where I'm running on Antarctica and stuff like that, but I do run i've run all over canada why not run all over north america because antarctica is cold as shit dude i mean like you know (laughs) and uh and let me tell you something dude that you know i was running in new zealand one time and uh, actually i'm sorry i was running in alaska one time and i was like oh shit where are the penguins man and you know a local a native alaskan goes you must be a tourist bro and i was like why why is that sir and he goes huh there's no penguins in the Northern hemisphere. I'm like, well, motherfucker, I'm going to use that on like, you know, trivia later. So if you pull nothing else out of this podcast, know that penguins only exist in the Southern hemisphere. And if you see one in Alaska, you're either very high or someone brought that penguin there. Or, or you're at a zoo or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, so, um, that's fascinating, man. Um, and that had to be kind of embarrassing and humbling. And then <laughs> I, I assume that, that, Person's no longer with us. Did he push him over the cliff? Yeah, I, I, I broke both his legs and then chummed him in front of a bus. So, yeah. Um, I, but I yeah, could... man. And then I started race directing about eight years ago, um, randomly. Uh, the first race that I put on was the Georgia Death Race. And so things have kind of grown crazy since then, man. You know, I guess that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, so that's all that's your profession. You are a race director. When you wake up, I am, when you wake up, you're thinking running or races or penguin mishaps. Uh, I mean, like you're literally, you just live and breathe running. Are you, is that safe to say? Like you're thinking about different courses, maybe new race ideas, what to improve, how to screw over people during Georgia death race this year. Like, you know, that sort of stuff. Absolutely, Rob. A hundred percent. So like, you know, People, everyone thinks that they want to be a race director. We watch people on social media like, uh, you know, Candace Burt, James Marner, you know, stuff like that, you know, and thinking like, oh, man, this is really glorified. It's I took what I loved, which was ultra running at the time. I still love it and kind of made it into something that is my daily grind. And, you know, uh, race directing is a really hard profession. I tell people this all the time. Anyone can put on a race. But, you know, having 20 people at a race doesn't necessarily make it successful. You know, I only know maybe five people who are like full time race directors and, and I am and and it's ruined my love life. It's ruined uh, my running. Uh, I, you know, and I'm not saying this to be negative. I'm just, you know, dude, I'm mean, being candid here. And uh, if you look at my iPhone, um, you know, it's. I think my average screen time is like 11 hours a day. So like people are constantly <laughs> sending me messages like, and what's fucked up is like, um, I end up, uh, like answering shit at like two or three in the morning. You know, I don't do a good job, uh, you know, putting things down. Um, I, I really have almost gotten the way like, and I would feel like a total douchebag saying this, but for me, Race directing is something that comes from what I consider myself to be an artist set, and that is course design. 
every course that I do, I go through like hundreds, if not thousands of different courses when I first, uh, come up with a race. Right. So I'm like, okay, everything's got to flow. Like, what if we have an aid station here? Like, okay. All right. Georgia death race. Oh man, people are little bitches. So we've got to, you know, we got to have an aid station every five or six miles. Whereas like, you know, something like every like half mile is that, (laughs) is that sometimes, sometimes you do, you know, (laughs) point point eight miles would be sufficient too, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, if we got people from like across the seas, you know, like, uh, you know, we got to do shit metric too. So every K. Oh man. So we're not even going down that road yet. But yeah, I, I respect yeah. that a lot. I mean, the fact that you're thinking through everything is really, um, it'll make it, you know, a really interesting experience. And again, I'm super excited about that race, you know. Put it, it this way. In short, Rob, there's nothing during, like before, during, and after a race, anything around a race that I put on that I have not spent hundreds of hours thinking about. From the music that you hear when you walk in, packet pickup to what people say to you to what we give you every race to what the logo looks like i design you know a lot of the logos and actually one of my best friends is jason green who's the guy in charge of who started yeti trail runners we're like best buddies i mean fuck yeah. i got a yeti tattooed on yeti trail runners thing on my hand uh you know we just put a ton of time in all our races and and ultimately it's like i've run so many races now i know what i like and i know what i don't like and every race is an extension of a different part of my personality. So it's unfortunate that Georgia Death Race is like the most popular race for me because people see that and they're like, oh, man, this guy's always telling people die, die, die. Like, what a dickhead. Like, he's always being a jerk. And it's like for this race, that's the point of it. Yeah, every other yeah. race. Oh, my God. We're like here. I mean, it's like the race director. will I will cuddle you if you're attractive enough. It's, you know, it's, like, I, I mean. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, for sure. So you need to develop a race. It's like the antithesis of a death race, right? Like, a, I don't know. You, you can take it wherever you want to take it, but, I mean, I assume you're working on this. Like, I, I want to hear about the races that haven't been created, that you've spent hundreds of hours planning and just never, never actually did it. Are, are there a few of them? there's a lot (laughs) yeah like i mean you you ask like and again i'm going to bring this back to the art thing because that's what it truly feels like to me course design is is an art i mean i'm not able to do that without all the people that help me and i surround myself with you know like how how a president would do you would you know a president would do hopefully maybe not the current one but surrounding yourself with horrible uh, (laughs) yeah yeah horrible analogy whatever and i'm not political at all so whatever um but uh you know like surrounding yourself with hopefully like the best and brightest of you know different aspects and those are all the people that i surround myself with i'm blessed to have those people i truly am and so they give me motivation for stuff but you know you ask like, you know, like, like any artist, it's like not everything you have is going to be a masterpiece. I'm not saying that my courses are masterpieces by any chance, but I'll put on, you know, I'll I'll sit down there. I'm always drawing. I'm always creating. I have a create very creative mind. It doesn't sit still. I sleep three to four hours a night, man. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, I'm always thinking like, and then I'll wake up sometimes like during the middle of the night and be like, 
fuck, that is it, man. That is it. If I move this aid station over here or if we take this trail or this old roadbed, that's it. That's it. Or maybe I see who this landowner is. Yes, that's it. I don't think I've ever had a race where year one we ran the race course and now eight years into race directing, I'm still running that race course. I'm always making tweaks and changes. Georgia Death Race is the epitome of that. You know, um, I, we've it started off as a 64 mile point to point race. Now it's up to like 74 ish. We always say ish with that race because because you know. Who gives a fuck how long it is? It's hard as shit. I, I think it would be cool. It would just be cool to say, like, we're not telling you how long the race is. Like, why even tell people, you know? Like, like just mentally screw with them. And some years it's 100. Some years it's, you know, 65. <laughs> like, just um, keep it a secret. I don't know. I think I, I like that aspect of a lot of your, um, or at least Georgia Death Race, because that's what I've been studying a little bit. But there are some serious unknowns that you throw in there. And I like that. It's almost like a Barkley type, you know, effect. And so are you, have you, um, well, first tell the listener what races you direct. And I don't want to overly focus on this, but, um, cause the U 100 you've thrown out there to me and, um, it sounds like it's a really cool race, but I want to hear about that race and like, the other ones that you have and for sure man uh, how about this i'm I'll, let me translate that i'm gonna tell you people listening to this obviously for ultra running i'm gonna tell you the races that you should give a fuck about that i put on because i truly believe like i always tell people this james varner is a really good buddy of mine i love i look up to him he he does rain shadow running i really look up to him i love jameel um but I love James's races, man. Uh, you know, him and Kira Henninger out in, in Cali, I run out there a lot. Love her courses. I love her courses. Uh, I mean, there's so many others. Um, but I always tell people we're like the non-PC, non-PG rain shadow running of the South with whiskey. Um, so basically, that's, <laughs> that's a, a really but, good description. <laughs> yeah. And I go run his races a bunch. He runs mine. That's another story. I went... I like semi sponsor his uh, uh, trail running film festival in the South. And this year it was like, fuck man, we're getting the band back together. And I literally went to like eight different stops with him around the South. And it was like, man, my fucking liver was hurting so bad. And uh, I used a bunch of airline points to like go between the two. And so I would see James. He's like, yeah, I just drove eight, eight or nine hours to D.C. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I've been here for five hours. I've been sleeping and like the hangover off because I flew here. Like, why the fuck would you? He's, why, I was like, why the fuck would you drive there? He's like, oh, because we're going to 46 different cities. I'm like, OK, understood, man. I'm going to like five. So there you go. Um, but with all that being said, races of mine that you should know about, um, regardless of where you live, um, the Ute 100, I tell people that's like my Sistine Chapel. It's the only race that I put on that's not within a six-hour drive of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, where I live. Even though on average, Rob, I spend seven nights a month in my apartment in Atlanta. It's like the most fucking expensive hotel I've ever had. I've, I've already <laughs> like screenshotted your photo to my sister and warned her like, hey. She's single? Ever... No. Thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> If you ever see this guy, run away. Run away, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, many disguises. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. That's um, funny. 
but yeah, man. So like the U 100, um, is I would say if you're looking for hundred milers, I put on two, one is the Chattanooga hundred miler. I'm actually in Chattanooga right now for a 10 mile race, uh, tomorrow called river gorge that I'm running. So Chattanooga, it's like super underrated, uh, place, you know, that people out West don't know too much about one of the best trail running meccas in the country. Um, but yeah, so I put on a hundred miler out here. It's pretty rad. Um, I would say though, the Ute is, first of all, it's the highest race of any distance, any discipline outside, uh, the state of Colorado. Um, and the one thing that I'll say with that race is that's the definition of, um, you know, we've spent thousands of hours just designing the course and you're going to love this, Rob. Uh, <laughs> this is how confident we've gotten with designing courses and rad shit is, I designed that course only having been on about 15 miles of the whole thing. We did everything else using Google Maps and watching YouTube videos. Wow. And That's crazy. it turns it turns out that the route that we made it was badass as hell. And then so this year it's an 86 mile loop. Okay, so you, it's like a lollipop. So you do like seven miles out yeah. at the beginning and then seven miles back at the, the finish. But like you know we had. I had some guys test run it, but neither one of them actually finished it the year before. And, um, everybody I brought out there, uh, to the Ute, it's in, it's a, well, it's above Moab. So it's like Southern Utah and you're right on the Colorado border and you're in this beautiful mountain range called the LaSalle mountains. And, uh, you I've, can see the heart. I've, I've hallucinated hardcore in the LaSalle's. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, due to running, by the way. Um, oh, okay. I was like, what are you, smoking peyote and going for like a walk, <laughs> like a vision quest? That sounds interesting, though. I mean, so giant, I didn't know that's how the course was. I just assumed for some reason it was like, I don't know, a big loop of some sort. So have you actually run the whole course? Did you course mark it? Oh, yeah, dude. So like I mark like every one of my courses um this year with gdr because uh, i've been suffering from some random stomach shit i'm actually having a lot of people help me out and it's super rad but i usually mark about 90 percent of my own courses and that's why i put on my races when i put them on they're areas of the country and uh trails that i want to be on times of the year that i want to get be on them so i get to go enjoy them how i get to enjoy it slow nice easy pace by myself during the week leading into the race out there marking it yeah man so what's what's the most profound moment you've had course marking your own course have you had a, um, have you had like a nice moment well dude like the U course is insane man because like so when we were marking and stuff like i bring buddies with me we go mark it's like fuck you're out there and there's like you know a herd of a gaggle whatever it is of elk you know and it's like such big you know illustrious creatures man like it, you know and they spook easy couple times we came up and they just kind of like looked at us and then took off running um you know you'd be out there and there'll be like black bears and shit i mean you know it's just cool the, stuff. the elk i mean i don't know it's they're like big dumb horses almost right i mean how would you describe an elk to someone who's never seen one well first of all it's like what are those like when you go like order ice cream they do the chocolate dip that's what it looks like because like you know the top part of it is like you know, its head is like, and neck is like one color and the bottom of it's like brown or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like it's kind of confused on what color it wants to be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, they're, I mean, they spook easy. They want nothing to do with humans, which most animals in the wild are. Um, 
I, they're just, if you see an elk in the wild, like in the LaSalle's, it's just a magical moment, man, because that's one of the more rare things. They even have mountain goats now that they've fucking introduced down there. Uh, and I thought I was hallucinating one time. I was on the high point of the course, man. It's like 12,300 feet almost. And I was up on top of this scree field and I'm looking down and just really taking this view in. And I was like, man, those little white dots are like moving. Like, man, I must be like messed up from altitude, you know? And I, I looked down and I realized, I'm like, is that a, that's a, there's mountain goats up here. Like I had no idea. And of course, like, you know, welcome to 2000, uh, you know, 19 or whatever. I'm up there. I'm like, Oh, I've got full LT. So like, I was like, I'm going to delve into this a little bit further mountain goats. And it's like, Oh, in 2012, they introduced five. And it's like, oh, Six, wow, okay. 60 minutes later, like on Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah. on the side of a mountain. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah, man. So I've had some pretty cool moments up there. Uh, the only moments I get really pissed off is, is like when I'll come up and I'll be doing something and I'm like, I, you know, I'll, I'll hit, I'll hit the roof, man. I see red. It's like some motherfuckers took my flag down. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, that, that's, and that happens all the time, but you know, cause we do a good job race directing and I have a lot of awesome people. It's like, you know, the normal people don't, don't see that. So do you, do you think that happens more where you are? Just, I mean, I don't know if there's a difference in understanding of ultra running like Colorado versus say like Atlanta. Um, I'm just thinking, I mean, if anything, there's probably some random hikers in like the Denver area that might mess with it, but your courses are rugged, you know, they're, um, is that a big issue though? Uh, I mean, it has been, by the way, I'm into, where do you live? Denver. Denver, Colorado. Oh, okay, Denver. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah. front range. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it was in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, my whole thing is this, right? You know, like, people forever do this. Like, Beast Coast, Best Coast, like, all this shit like that. Oh, man, you know. The thing that I absolutely love, Rob, about living where I live is, like, people aren't as active as they are. <laughs> it's, like, why people are way more <laughs> overweight as a whole, like, in the South, right? You know, everything people deep fry their fucking fingernails before they chew them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, you know, so what I find is like a lot of the trails that we use for events and stuff like, and that I really enjoy, you don't see people out on and you know, they're not, it's not like you're running in salt Lake or Denver. You know, I go to salt Lake a ton. I've run a bunch in Colorado too. And it's like, dude, you're on that. And it's like, well, okay. For like four or five months out of the year, this is like under snow. It's like, well, we don't have that. You know, you can, go year round but what you don't see is a lot of use on these trails and you know when you're out in denver it's like everything's buffed out people people move there like most of the people aren't from there they move there because they want the outdoor lifestyle which is awesome right um but i think we don't have to deal with some ornery uh, uh mountain biker or hiker like you know oh i'm coming here I, you know mistakenly doing it sometimes the people that i've had take them down actually are uh, old school hiking groups, uh, typically, uh, okay. and they're just pissed off in general that yeah. we're quote unquote ruining their trails, <laughs> even yeah. though like I go and do like a thousand hours of trail maintenance a year and lead a bunch of work days, and basically scream at the top of my lungs. Hey, do trail work, give back to the trails you use. Um, it's a weird, so, it, it's yeah. a weird balance because if no one uses the trail, the trail disappears. 
if 100%, you have dude. if you have too many people use the trails, it gets trashed. I mean, we both know right. that. So it's like a weird balance. Like if no one's running it, it will no longer exist. Like you need enough people to keep that dirt trail path going. You know, and like dude, hundred percent. So yeah, it's it's super weird, and I mean, I get it. There's some hardcore hikers out there, and you know, to each their own. But I like. I mean, I I personally I think getting more people out on the trails makes more people aware of the environment makes them think twice before throwing that soda can out the window or what you know whatever small thing they're doing not thinking about it and uh i don't know i think if more people were running trails we'd have a lot less conflict in the world but just my opinion dude i i agree rob for for vp you know i'm thinking i'm thinking if trump and kim jong-un both were trail runners We'd probably we'd have some kind of agreement within like a week, it maybe a fifty miler type race. Like if they had to like mm-hmm. pair up. Uh huh. For sure, dude. I mean, that's well, as, that's that's as as deep as I'm going on that topic because uh, <laughs> I don't need everything I own hacked. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you. So back on on that a little bit. You know, I I, I can't agree more with that. You know, I. I, you know, on a lot of my races, we require that people do like on the longer races, we require that people do like GDR we require that people did eight, eight hours of, of volunteering. You know, we want that to be a trail maintenance or volunteering at a trail race. And most of it is, but we, we open up just, Hey, be a good fucking person. You know, this ain't about just taking your money, you know? Um, and I, and I actually see a lot too, is, you know, a lot of the races I do will offer like a hundred dollar cash prize for whoever picks up the most trash. And yeah. that shit's yeah. awesome, man. With Georgia Death Race specifically, one year, I had some motherfucker, like, drag uh, a used, old used tire out of, like, off the trail. He's like, bro, I saw it, and I just knew it had to be done. He dragged it, like, six miles <laughs> to the next That's amazing. Station. I was like, yeah, what the hell? There needs to be some system where, like, I don't know, you clean up enough trash, like, the winner doesn't have to carry the railroad spike, or, you know, like, something like that. <laughs> but that's that's cool that you care that much, because um, it's hard to tell if, if people are sincere about those requests, or, like, what what the hook is on it, you know? Like, because I, I had to fill out that um, volunteer information, and you checked it off. You were, you know legit with that stuff so and you called people out if they hadn't done it yet so oh yeah it's cool we call, we call people out you know like love me or hate me like you know i think you know jason green i'll just say that you know i'm not trying to like talk about myself but it's funny because like you know a lot of people have probably heard like bad shit about me but it's all hearsay i think most of the people who like all the people that don't like me have never really met me or spent time with me because dude i'm a huge jackass. Like I listen to Daniel Tosh as a stand-up comedian. If that gives you any reference, so it's like we just try to equally offend everybody. And if you take if you take offense, man, fuck, that's on you. You know, like maybe that worked as like a, a good. Um, you know, I think I tell people that you know I have some tattoos as well, visible ones, right? I got like a you know quarter sleeve or whatever. And I say, you know, it's a, it's a great thing because it helps me, you know, uh, sift out assholes out of my life or people who are going to be more judgmental right (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know i i 
I'm definitely not a perfect person, so for me to judge anyone is, uh, like, way, way beyond uh, where I am with my life, personally. But but I will tell you this, Rob. I'm one of those people, though, if you show up to a race or you're, like, hanging around me, I'm like, man, what are you wearing? Like, this guy looks like an idiot. He's wearing, like, old man, like, knee-high socks. Or, like, you just, like, and I'll be like, Rob. You're dressed like a dickhead. Like, I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, I don't mean anything bad about it. I just, I got to tell you that. So, I feel like, well, <laughs> since I, I'm seeing you next week, uh, like, what colors do you hate? I'm trying to think through here. Uh, like, what, you know, what I, could I do I to most see, offend you on your birthday? I know <laughs> that, like, people, like, think a lot of things about people in the South. But I, I, I don't see color. Like, you know. I believe that, you know, I don't know that I'm white, but I believe that because of the kind of music I listen to. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh, Like sometimes angry death metal. Sometimes it's like some EDM. Sometimes I'm all about some contemporary jazz. And, you know, oddly enough, man, I used to hate country and uh, I spend a lot of time in Maui every year. And maybe one day I'll do a race there, but, uh, I actually got into country when I was in Maui <laughs> like a couple <laughs> years ago. So I, I mean, to where, it all, where else are you going to come across country? I mean, um, that's that's fascinating. I mean, and so do you li- do you listen to more death metal while you're course marking Georgia Death Race? Like, do you no, get do you uh, get real dark while you're doing this race? I mean, you get a freaking coffin out there for railroad <laughs> spikes, like like. I mean, are you painting your, I don't know, do people paint eyelashes? I don't know how goths do it. Um, like Metal, whoa, 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 whoa. Metal is not necessarily goth. No, no, I wasn't <laughs> oh, implying no. that. I'm just thinking through you as a race director. You know those actors that just get so deep in their character, they just lose it? I feel like yeah. you're, the, you're like that actor, like, setting up your course and... I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, uh, so we ask, like, you know, am I listening to death metal while I'm marking the course? The answer is no. I'm on the phone. Thank God I have AirPods now. I'm on the phone constantly with volunteers, people helping out and stuff like that. You know, race week is insane. Uh, like, it's putting on something like the Georgia death race is probably, like, the equivalent of, like, at least, like, you know, uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to go on like, you know, low, low ball. this probably say about 20 cartons of like Marlboro reds without the filters on it. And then whatever room that you have on your, your each arm, you're putting a uh, uh, nicotine patches, you know, and then, <laughs> and then you're, you know, drinking water from Flint, Michigan, uh, you know, with, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's what this does to my body. It is so much easier to just run the damn thing, even on no training than it is to direct the fucking race. And this year you got so. stomach issues. So this could get ugly. <laughs> yeah, this, man, this, this sucks. This, this, could, this could be a whole new level of course marking. Uh, yeah. Sorry. So I don't mean to make fun of the, what the, the ailment, no, the, I'm the, the ailment you're going through. Seriously, no, I dude, mean, it, I, dude, trust me, man. You, nothing you're going to say is going to offend me. You can make fun of me, dude. I make fun of myself, dude. It's all good. Yeah, no, trust <laughs> like me. Like I said, I am, I am no one to make fun it. of anyone. Um, that's that's crazy, though. I mean, the so are you just like – it's essentially like studying for finals and, and all the 
all the extras that you described prior. Um, so, like, when the actual start of the race goes off, are you laid back and back to Chuck, normal, no. or does it no. take does it take no. like three weeks of like withdrawal to like finally be done with? Well, so know? let me tell you right now, and I want you to think about this. Maybe after you run, maybe don't obsess over it during. But like during the race, you know, things will run smoothly for you from everything being marked okay, the aid stations having more than enough shit, to all the aid stations actually, guess what, being manned by actual ultra runners. Um, you know, you're not going to get done if you actually finish. Uh, you're not going to get done with the race and be like, oh, dude, there's like some big finish line arch and the little kid like putting a medal around my hand. It's like, hey, cool, good job. Like, you move banana? aside now for the next. Banana yeah. Uh, my, my parents were, no, we got like real fucking food at the finish line, man. Like soup, grilled cheese, barbecue, like, fuck, yes. like whatever we got. I don't even remember what we have this year. Sign me up for but, grilled um, cheese. You know, I'm a firm believer in every race director should be at the finish line being like, you know, for every single finisher, giving you a hug or, and or a high five, you know, like if somebody's going to put in the goddamn effort in there, Sean Blanton's not going to sleep for 48 hours and he's going to be at every, you know, you is no different, dude. It's just I stay up a little bit longer. Um, now, you know, if, I, said, if I go in for a hug, what, what are what should I set my expectations at? Like, are you? I mean, like, I'll, I'll are break you, your back. You, <laughs> that's that's what I'm concerned about. Um, so I'll take a step back. Um, if I go in for a handshake, will you break my arm? No, nah, uh, no, no, no. I mean, okay. you know, I, I mean. You know, everything is like you're going to die until you get there. And we really do every, every, you know, we'll fuck with you on the course a little bit. You know, not where you're going to get hurt or anything like that, but just right. mental torture. That's um, exactly I what I've, that, that's seriously my conclusion, having researched it. Yeah. Like, but, deep, deep mental uh, messing with. Try not yeah, to swear I too think, much. I think a lot of people out there, um, there's, typically a certain spot like so let me back up and point a little bit i think every ultra marathon that like gdr longer like you know 70 miles or longer um i think one of the reasons that we do that uh you know it, and i watch all these people they want to know that they can do things right well fuck that man that's not the point of running ultra marathons it's that you can have run a hundred of these and then any day not be able to finish from a wide array of things, right? I think that any race 70 plus miles, you should get to that moment of desolation, of hopelessness, of, you know, I don't want to continue. And not only do I not want to continue, I don't know if I ever want to run again. This is no longer about running, improving something. This is now about surviving. And I think right then and there, and it'll, it'll come. It will happen to you. It will happen to you next weekend if you make it that far. It'll be it like, will. It'll be like mile five. <laughs> yeah, mile five. It will happen. It usually happens like on one of our last climbs, which is we call it Nimble Will, but is the name of the, the gap you go up to. But it's this like four-mile, five-mile douche grade uh, climb. And you're like, almost, you're like 60 miles into the damn race. And it's just, we call it nimble wheel breaker. And that, yeah. yeah. And it fucks it up, man. Feet, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, dude, I'm telling you right now, it's sprint up and down that damn thing. But like 60 miles into a race, you're kind of just like, oh, fuck. And it just always gets longer. And 
I want people to experience that hopelessness, not because I want them to have that low. It's because you can't experience the reward from that. You can't experience the high from that unless you experience the rock bottom. So and why why stop at seventy four miles? This what? race is you. This like, race is unique. People always go, "Why isn't it a hundred miles?" I go, "Yeah, you know, why, you know, I I know you like that even three digits, but like, fuck that. There's a bunch of hundred mile races. Why isn't There's it no other hundred and fifteen, or why isn't it two loops, or why isn't it half? Like, I'm I'm interested to know. Like, is it because of where the race starts and finishes that? that distance makes sense or was it like within your own head or like, I don't know. Well, the reason I even started Georgia death race is like I said before, I've run all over Southern California, all over Washington, a good amount of Oregon, all over Utah, a little bit of Colorado, a lot of Montana, all over the Canadian Rockies, uh, coastal mountains in British Columbia, you know, all over all the Hawaiian islands, all over the Alps. I've run all this shit. And I, we got tired of, you know, we kind of feel picked on a little bit as, as we call it beast coasters over here on the East coast. I hear a lot of people be like, Oh, they don't have mountains over there. And it's like, you know, I'll, you know, it's always kind of in fun, but you know, but for real, we're like, well, well, fuck that. Fuck you. Like, you know, we're going to put on a race that's kind of targeted at, you know, the West coast to be like, we have hard shit over here. And I don't think this is the hardest race in the world. Hell, I put on a point-to-point 50K outside of Asheville, North Carolina. I'm telling you, is the hardest uh, official 50K, like an actual run, um, not a fat-ass run, in North America. It's got 12,000 feet of climbing point-to-point in just three climbs, and it's rocky and technical as hell. You know, I do that in May. That is, like, something really hard. But GDR is meant to say – dude, this is fucking awesome. These mountains are, are beautiful. Um, it's not the most beautiful race I put on. It's not the close to it, but this was the original one. It's, it's hard. It's meant to say like, you know, I go run out in California and it's, everything's buffed out and you got switchbacks. Like I can count the number of switchbacks on Georgia death race <laughs> on one, a on one hand. Yeah. Yeah. I have <laughs> so, a feeling about that. It's just these really relentless steep grades like the people who live in up in Appalachia you know so like tell me what do you because I'm, I'm a midwestern you know I, I lived in Ohio for like 10 years prior to moving out here for only two years uh, I feel like I'm this weird bridge from the east coast over like Ohio and now like I'm out to Denver I mean do you feel like there's a, a weird perception of I don't know what like Colorado e- even like Texas, California, there's tons of ultra runners up to Oregon, uh, Washington, like, like, what do you think the bridge is to make, cause you run a, a podcast that's so, like pretty much focused on the East coast. Like what's the West coast missing? Um, and what do you like about the West coast? And I don't know, I'm just kind of interested to hear your thoughts there. Cause you, you definitely are representing uh, a, a group of ultra runners that are not fairly represented. I mean, I'll be honest, like the Western state qualifier races out, out East are very, very minimal. It's much harder to qualify for Western States, for example, or, or try to run, you know, a, a race at altitude. It's much more difficult. 
mean, what are your general uh, thoughts on that front? So, uh, yeah, first of all, I will correct you on that. I think <laughs> running a race in humidity is way harder than running altitude uh, okay. any day of the week. Um, I, it's my I biggest think, concern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, dude, like, be real with you, man. Like, when this race is, it might get warm for a couple of hours. Dude, this is – I don't put on races in hot weather. We had a fluke year last year You, you where – on a lower part of the course, it got really warm. Uh, it was like a 30-year drought and high, you know what I mean? So I avoid that because I'm not trying to fucking kill people with uh, <laughs> exposure elements. Yeah. Um, but also, it's like, dude, West Coast has some awesome shit. You know, Mountain Central has some really rad shit. You know, uh, Midwest has some cool shit. So, so does the East Coast, you know? So it's like to say one is better than the other, one is harder than the other. You know, it's just this is going to be – uh, you know, a yin and yang thing and a thing that's just going to be a, a bit of, uh, you know, opposites, you know, cl- clashing, you know, it's like people are going to be like, fuck that. I'd never live in Atlanta, you know, fuck that place. Like I live in, you know, Denver or whatever, or, or somebody in Atlanta might be like, fuck Denver. Like that shit's too cold. Right. <laughs> you know, the, all this is just, you we're, know, it's what you prefer. We're desert you here. Know? Okay. We're, yeah, we're, a- this is a desert that runs up on the mountains. <laughs> Uh, fair. Yeah. fair, fair yeah. enough. And, and for me, like uh, dry, really, like it doesn't do well in my uh, my system, uh, just my airway and stuff like that. Personally, because I'm a heavy mouth breather, and I guess that's why I'm so as dumb as I am. Um, but yeah, man. So I mean, I, I I guess like I guess really what it boils down to is just what whatever you like doing. It's like I love running in Utah and like being in the LaSalle because guess what? Like I can get up in the Alpine and stuff like that. I really enjoy, like Carl Meltzer says, he goes, I love running out east. He goes, because I actually get to run in the woods. And it's like, man, that's damn for sure, too. We also, where I live, dude, there is no off-season. People are like, oh, you know, it's like we run year-round, even in miserable goddamn oppressive, you know, triple, uh, you know, temp, you know, heat indexes, right? So, you know, I think it's it's all different. It's all what you like to do. But you're right. We don't get a lot of – you know, a lot of representation at a lot of these big races. And one of the the reasons for that is people that really take running seriously and are like really trying to go somewhere. Most of the time they're going to move somewhere where people are serious about that shit. And as a whole, that just, that ain't, that ain't the East coast. And that's one of the things I really like. It's like, I'll show up to a race and people will be like drinking whiskey and like, uh, having natty lights at fucking aid stations, having, having a, like a gay old time, right? Whereas, are you, you know, are you, you breaking? Are you breaking into cars? In the background? <laughs> Somebody, dude, these are hey, AirPods. It, pick up some. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I well, gotta you, you can outrun them. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, let me know if you hear a helicopter. Um, but uh, what I was gonna tell you is, uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed about all the races out west, people are so goddamn serious, man chill the fuck out with that man like not again i'm just saying generally speaking like you come over here and it's just like yo what's up dude are we gonna run yeah cool it's, where's the race start and eh, like right here fuck it let's go right I mean, whereas i feel like everything's based around like like what sells a race out here is not what it sells a race out there out there it's like i was looking at that uh and i'm not trying to call anybody out or anything i'm just this is the last thing i saw that made me remember it um 
it looked like a race I really wanted to go fucking run, man. It was that, it's that uh, Santa Barbara, like nine trails race. And I'm like, yo, dude, that looks, that looks badass. Like I want to go run it. And then I saw it, like it kept saying like, oh, we have all these elite runners come jump. And it was like, that was what they were selling. It was like elite runner, elite runner, elite runner. And it's like, dude, well, all those people are great. And it's like, I think that's great. But it's like on the East coast, most people are, it's like, yo, I don't give a fuck what they do in California. I'm over here running, having a good time. Yeah. So I, I, I think we just kind of typically do our own thing and we feel kind of because a lot of those elite runners move away uh, from the, the beast coast to go places where they can more uh, properly pursue an outdoor a lifestyle career and stuff like that. I, I see that, you know, we don't, you know, the money for trail running isn't coming out of over here. So we don't get a lot of representation in like trail runner magazine or, you yeah. know, ultra running magazine is starting to do a better job. And I appreciate that. So, I, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of have this chip on their shoulder like, man, we have these badass trails, and it's like a best-kept secret, if we, that makes we, any sense. We can hear in the background you just took took another car window out. And, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm 100 I mean, yards away from that, is, but those AirPods like, pick up the high pitch. You know? is, is, rent, is rent coming due here? And, um... <laughs> nah, so this is what, like – I'm like that crazy ex-girlfriend, man. I just keyed some, some, some old lady's car. <laughs> um, Cheater. <laughs> what, so what um what made you sign up for never summer i mean honestly we could talk about each and every one of your 150 ultra runs um i'm trying to look well, forward a little bit never summer is on the radar you're you're well, on guess, there i guess i are did you going are you, are you doing it or no uh, fuck i don't know dude i signed up for a bunch of shit and it's okay. like as of late uh like i said race tracking's really ruined my running so yeah um do right it. now, I'm do like, it if you can uh, get out there, man. What's that? Do it if you can if you can get out to that race. It's as wild. Yeah. It's as wild as it gets. It's it's an experience, and I mean, I'm putting Georgia Death Race in that same category. Like, I expect a, a awesome experience. I don't even really care about the race itself. It's more about just like hanging out with people and and experiencing something totally different. And, uh, yeah, I expect to be super inspired with your pre-race speech. So pressure's on. You better <laughs> well, nail that. Cool. I'll record you know, it with, with my GoPro. And <laughs> Well, we've had everything at the pre-race speech. We had one guy, one year a dude brought <laughs> this ex-Army uh, Ranger guy show up to talk about fear with people. And so he had this, like, black duffel bag. And I got, like, who the people who looked like the most... Uh, like timid and kind of a little weird. Uh, I had them come up and uh, they all reached in the bag and there's a bag full of fucking snakes. <laughs> I, so, I saw I, that. I saw a video of like a dude carrying a snake and I was just like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know so, what to expect. I expect you to come out of a coffin actually at the beginning. So, well, well, well I don't know how crazy we're going to get this year. I also had like a, a mariachi band last uh, year yeah. and I basically speak Mexican um i speak a lot of spanglish so like i was able to call these guys up and i was like yo dude like you know like you know soy un director de, la, de una carrera en las montañas in north georgia or whatever and he's like oh shit dude he's like dime i'm like yo dude so we started having this like conversation and i convinced him to come out like a two-hour drive out to north georgia and play the shit out of some mariachi last last year um this year though 
I got Craig Thornley, who is the race director of Western States, because, you know, uh, Georgia Death Race is the only uh, Western States golden ticket race on the East Coast. Um, and we're very, very proud of that. So Thornley's um, coming out and giving this speech. He, I've asked him to say some shit. So I think, I think he's, I think they're more coming out like, yo, we need to kind of check this guy out and see what's going on. <laughs> out there. If we're um, going to re up for 2020, yeah. uh, we got to so, double check here. Is he going to pop out of a coffin? No. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can talk him into like, dress him up in weird. This, dress him up in something. Yeah, like Craig, dude. I know we just met, dude. We've got two minutes. Don't ask questions. Here's a wig. Here's some lipstick and a dress. Like I'll tell you when you know. <laughs> oh gosh, um, that's hilarious, man. So you've you've traveled all over the world. I mean, besides your penguin story, which honestly I didn't know that either. Um, what's your favorite trail? Like, if you really were arrested for some serious crime and uh you know you only get one mile of trail and that's like what you're condemned to for the rest of your life what what mile of trail are you going to be running uh i'm not going to tell you that because i don't want other people to know that uh there's a lot of places response actually yeah dude i mean that's the real deal um is there another one that's more mass known yeah yeah i'll tell you so how about this i'll give you a couple all the other races and shit aside, this is what you should listen to me. As a race director who's trying to get people to, obviously, ultimately, my living uh, depends on people uh, signing up and running my races. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that race directors don't want you to know. The most beautiful things you can ever see on your own two feet running are going to be places where they do not permit races and there are no races there. That's because they're in national parks they're in wilderness areas or it's just not simply viable to have a race there um so that's really cool yeah dude like that's real fucking talk right there um that's beautiful the artist in you just came out sean well there there you go um a tear came to my eye (laughs) there you go cool cool no Um, seriously that's cool though but i'll say all right let me just go over some of my favorite places to run how about that and i'll tell you a trail there uh, if you find yourself in the Canadian Rockies, um, I fucking love the Canadian Rockies. If you find yourself there, uh, there's a trail there that's point to point. It's about 27 miles. It is called Skyline Trail. When I first started running that about eight or so years ago, man, you wouldn't really see anybody. Now it's just like every. It's between Edmonton and uh, Calgary in the Canadian Rockies. It goes through Jasper National Park. It's a 27 mile point to point race with eh, there might be like one or two little bailouts but you basically got to filter water um it is a rad ass fucking run it is so beautiful skyline <laughs> skyline trail yeah. uh alberta i, uh, I can just see are, i can see like a canadian ad coming on tv <laughs> like your version of it versus like what it could be um like yeah okay. like, i fucking love that trip um here we sorry. are nature and shit Nature, all motherfuckers uh, need to get out. <laughs> I, I can see some YouTube uh, video like spoofs on like Canada. Come run the fucking Canadian Rockies. Uh, it's the Canadian fucking Rockies, buds. <laughs> um, also, uh, dude, I could, I've spent a lot of my uh, summers in the Canadian Rockies running just awesome stuff. I got so many, so many stories about stuff out there. Um, but uh, yeah. That's cool. If you're in British Columbia, 
Um, Howl Sound Crest Trail is badass. Technical is all get out, like one of the most technical things you can run. And you're basically running this ridge line. Again, it's also point to point. It's about 30, 35K um, if you actually did it end to end. And it's in between uh, Vancouver and Whistler. Uh, you want to go in the summer uh, after the snow melts a little bit, but you want there to be a little bit of snow so you can, again, filter water so you don't fucking die. Um, I love that. If we're going down to, uh, uh, to Washington State, um, dude, you got to get up in the Cascades, man. Uh, that's just cascades. And then also Oregon, uh, you know, down in the gorge, you know, I don't know if you know this, I do, I've been skydiving now for about 10 years and about 11 years. And I've been paragliding now for like three years. So like a couple of years ago, I ran this elk Kings, uh, 25 K, which is fucking rad, dude. That's one of my favorite races in the world. Uh, and I met a dude after the race and he is a speed flyer, which you basically paraglide with a really small paraglider. You go like 30, 40 miles an hour above the ground and like pretty much are a blink away from death at all times. And he took me illegally paragliding in the Columbia River Gorge after this race. And it was it was pretty awesome, man. Um, so that's a random that's, story. That was that was my whole episode. Actually, this has been a sting operation to get you to oh, <laughs> admit to legal paragliding. Um, what, what do you think about the Swiss Alps? Like what race, if I'm going to take the time and spend all the money to fly out to Europe or wherever, where, where am I going? What race, what is your single favorite race out in Europe? Yeah, it's called Trail Verbier St. Bernard. So Trail Verbier St. Bernard, um, which refers to, uh, Verbier is a, um, is a town, is a ski town, uh, and then St. Bernard is uh, another town. It's actually a pass. Um, I want to say it's like the highest paved pass in Switzerland. Um, cool. But I'm going to tell you something right now people will also hate. I've done the only 100 miler I've ever actually done officially. I've done like a couple for charity um, was UTMB, the Terre du Mont Blanc, right? So I've run every race at Mont, like UTMB, uh, some of them a couple times. I've done CCC, TDS, UTMB. I haven't done the shorter distance stuff. Um, I love those races. Chamonix is an amazing place. And that's where I spent a lot of my summers, man, for a while um, was between there and the Canadian Rockies. But those races have too many people in them now, unfortunately. They, and they I think are they're getting crowded for sure. They're, they're too, they're too crowded. So yeah. I always tell people, I was like, dude, there's so many, while it's an amazing experience and you should try to do it, you know, not everyone's going to have, uh, you know, they got families, they can't take time off, you know, like they're not allowed to leave the country. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I always tell people, <laughs> they're, uh, not trail bear. they're not allowed to leave the country. Hey man, so, sometimes, I mean, You're not I, I don't, I mean, some people can't leave their house, right? That's right. Like me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like that race. It's a big loop. They also have shorter versions of it. It's 111 kilometers. It's mile for mile. It's way harder than UTMB. You run up one of the valleys that UTMB runs down. Um, it is way more scenic. Uh, it's called uh, the X Alpine is the race. X Alpine, just the letter X Alpine 111K. And I've run it like three times now, I think. Uh, and last summer I went over there. I did 300 Ks in the Alps three weekends in a row. It was like a hundred thousand feet of climbing. And it's yeah, like I, I just I love that shit, man. That race is cool. Any race in 
the Alps, as long as you come with like a good mindset, you think, oh God, the media is painted like this picture of everyone fucking hates Americans. You have your, I love that in, in, in Europe, your name and your home country is on your bib, right? So yeah. everyone from the aid station workers, or other runners, they see, oh, like, oh shit, he's from America, right? And people are so stoked. They have questions for you. Um, clearly I'm loud, jackass, and I talk. I encourage other people. My favorite thing to do is, hey, man, where are you from? Oh, hey, like, I'm really good. I travel lots. Like, oh, dude, I see that flag, right? You're from Poland. Oh, are you from Warsaw, Crockett? Like, you know, and then we start talking. And they're like, oh, man. And these people, you could tell it's like I am the ambassador, whether I want to be or not, for my country and for trail running. And people, they always ask me, like, oh, have you run Western states? Hard run. Like, they these people like it's crazy like yeah, they're from, so just some- excited about our races too i i mean we complain about you know some of the stuff but you know i have friends in switzerland that are like i can't qualify for western states it's like so difficult like the guy can go run utmb every year pretty much and right, uh, right. yet he dreams of western states you know it's it's really cool um and it's it's great to hear that you run with such pride, like when you're outside of the States. And I mean, I, I had a cool experience where there were kids that were clapping and cheering like USA as I ran by them. Like, Oh, did you run it? Uh, CCC. So oh, right on. That's right. That's yeah. Right. It, I mean, it was just a cool experience. I've never had anyone chant, uh, USA for me running anything <laughs> or me doing anything. So, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think, UTMB's like, I mean, all those races, there's always like a cool story in the finisher's vest. It, it's a special experience, but I totally agree. Like, first half of CCC was crowded as shit. Oh, fuck. That was well, the first race I ever ran in the Alps. Like, that's what got me into it, you know, was the CCC. Here. Same yeah. Here, and I'll tell you, when I've, whenever I've run one of the UTMB races, the way it works out is like, I, when I would run, I would usually be about like top 25%, right? You know, when I was in shape (laughs) and, but I'm not an elite runner. I was never an elite runner, never wanted to be, never tried to be. I was always just like, you know, a pretty good run. And so the way that worked out and the reason I'm telling you this is the way it worked out with those races is it meant that I would finish at two or three in the fucking morning in Chamonix or wherever we finished. And it'd be like, there'd be two people out there. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be like, Hey, Slow yeah. clap, slow clap, slow clap. Yeah. So Up, I had, yeah. the, I've run probably over 40 ultras in the Alps, maybe probably more than 50 over there. I love that. That's what I live for every summer. Paragliding over there, skydiving, running up and down mountains, you know? So I ran the Mont Blanc, like the Marathon de Mont Blanc. They have like yeah. a 90K now. Yep. And so I ran the 90K. Uh, and dude, that course is fucking amazing. If you're listening to this, dude, that's, that's the race. CCC and that are like the two races by the UTMB people you got to do. And I finished dude. Like, and I was like maybe top 100, you know, I wouldn't like, yeah. I wouldn't that great. But like I finished dude, middle of the afternoon coming through <laughs> Chamonix. People are, Hey, 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 stop the train, stop the cars, get out of the way. And for like a mile into town, dude, Oh man, I felt like the coolest fucking guy ever. I like, <laughs> Hair you were, you were on my killing, arms. you were killing God, for dude. one mile. Yeah, and I like, and I was like, "Yo, dude, my legs are like, I feel like I'm gonna vomit." It's like, "Yo, six minute miles, we're doing this." 
we are doing this. I and I'll never forget like the there's one spot where like you cross and it's a train crossing, right? on the road and all of a sudden it's like ding 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 it's starting to come down and i'm just like fuck that and i just started like high knee just as as hard as i could and i'll never forget like this one guy goes that's a fucking american right there <laughs> and i was like yeah and people were man it was the coolest shit man. and then, I, and and then I'm you like, got clipped by the train yeah it's like <laughs> ah, boom <laughs> and darwinism <laughs> but oh, man. yeah man that's great so Who's your favorite runner that you follow, and who can you not I don't follow anybody? <laughs> who can you not stand? Is there? Do you think ultra running has a media? Is there yeah, an ultra running yeah. media? Is it just an echo chamber, or like what do you what do you think? Um, outside like, perspective, right? East so Coast? let me give you a perspective <laughs> on me and why I have this perspective and thought. Right, uh, number one is. Um, I, dude, I've played soccer my whole life. Okay. I played since I was four. I still play it. I played today. I fucking love soccer. Like sometimes I'd rather do that than go run an ultra. Okay. But you ask me, people will be playing and people be like, Oh dude, that was like this player, this player from the other. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like I'm the definition of the guy that does something, but doesn't like delve into it at all. Like I don't watch the sport, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, I do it, but I'm not following you know, so I'm the worst when it comes to ask me, like, you know, people will be like, okay, you know, oh, dude, that guy crushes. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Um, clearly, I see stuff by like Killian. They're, they're um, talking about me, I, I assume. Yeah, well, totally. I'm, not, I'm like, who's Rob? <laughs> Middle of that crusher. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, dude, I really like, I think Killian's like a really cool dude. I've seen him at races, like at Pikes Peak one He's year. Smiling, he was there. Man. He's always He's, smiling. Dude. He's the goofiest kid ever, but dude, he like that guy. Like, what a nice guy! You know, I yeah. got nothing bad to say about him. Totally. You know, I just, I, 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 I think you know, I, I'm bad because like I always kind of shit on elites a little bit. But I, I just, and who am I to say anything? But I, I just always feel like it's like, man, when I like turn, put it this way, I don't do any sponsors at my races. Anytime we have a sponsor, it's a local craft brewery that's giving us beer. And the guy who sponsors my races, like, you know, in, a, in Georgia, he runs my races. The craft, uh, the people who sponsor me up near Chattanooga, my friends are trail runners and they own Chattanooga Brewing Company. You know what That's I mean? Awesome. So I'm kind of like, I feel like, you know, people are trying to sell trail running. You know, it's yeah. for me, it's not for fucking sales. So like when I see somebody like Sage Canada or somebody, you know, that's got all these like, uh, like, you know, heat on tattoos or wash on tattoos or whatever on them with all their sponsors, you know, I, it just, it kind of puts a weird taste in my mouth when I, I got into ultra running, when it was like five people being like, fuck dude, do you want to go run to the next town or over the mountain? So it's like, you know, it, it's just a, it's so, it's a weird, it's, it's a weird question, I guess. I, I think if you, you know, put a yeah. logo on your skin, it should just be a tattoo. I think that should be the rule. So it's like, I mean, if if you really like that, I don't know, shoe maker or whatever nutrition company, yeah. like, like, go for it, man. Like, put a tattoo on, and then like, I I I think that's a fair rule. I mean, you have tattoos. I don't have any. If I finish the triple crown of two hundreds this year, I am 
I might get my very first tattoo or three. So I'm, there I'm you close, go. man. But I mean, do you think that's what? a fair assessment for sponsors and skin uh, skin advertisements? <laughs> well, I think like the whole and and you know I'm not trying to pick on one person. It's just like I saw something one time and it stuck with me, and it's like, yeah, that is pretty accurate. It was like. Somebody, and I'm not even on Twitter, but like Jason Green sent me this, and I still laugh about this today. Well, whatever, I'll put it, I won't tell you it was, but it was some dude, an elite runner or whatever, a guy runs for Hoka, I think. And because uh, he's wearing all his Hoka shit, and he had all this like other crap, like floor, all this crap, and all these tattoos, his hat or whatever. And it was like, you know, like a really awkward, like, you know, hey, like as a photo of me. And it cracked me up, dude, because like, like somebody had reposted that and been like, when you're, when you're out at, when you're just trying to be a cool guy, but really you're hashtag billboard braggings. And I thought that that was the funniest shit that I'd ever fucking seen. And again, dude, like it's a hard balance. I mean, if they're yeah. making their rent payment with, you know, totally right. They're, you they're know, and, and they are, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, I, I get it. But yeah, at the same time you can overdo it, but I, I do think it'd be fun to do an event with like 1400, fake tattoos (laughs) just like just oh like just total opposite of what would be normal and see how many fake tattoos of your sponsor you could put on your body um (laughs) so jason green actually had an actual tattoo artist at the finish line of one of his races one time it's pretty it's pretty rad (laughs) i i assume that's going to be there and you just take your railroad spike and they heat it up and throw some ink on that shit and um I assume that's happening this year, right? Yeah. I'll tell you, Rob, this is weird, man. So we're talking about tattoos. I got to tell you. So, you know, Jason has this thing with Yeti trail runners where, and I'm the same way. If you get a tattoo with like the run bum logo, which is really weird. It's like a silhouette of me running with my hat backwards, which is kind of like holding a knapsack. Like it's kind of like the run bum thing. That's kind of how it came to be. Um, but if you get like a tattoo of one, you get free entry to our races for life, you know? Is there a, and, is there um, a scale requirement? A yes, size yes, requirement? Yes, yes. Okay. Like most women. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Um, you must be this tall to ride this ride, right? Um, I was waiting for you, it. I was waiting for it. There had to be one of those in this conversation. Yeah, it took, a, it took saying, an hour and seven minutes. No, sorry. Just saying some women want way too tall of a guy. <laughs> um, I'm talking to you, Brittany, um, but also every other woman in my life. Um, Are you short? But you know, no, I'm six foot. (laughs) I wasn't talking about height. Okay. (laughs) But uh, but anyway, so I've had a couple of people get like Georgia Death Race bike tattoos and stuff on them. But I've also had other people get like my logo, which again is a silhouette of me. And it's like, but in really awkward places, like really high up on a thigh or like on a lower back. Um, and it's like, it's kind of weird when you see yourself in a tr- somebody's tramp stamp. Like, I don't know if my mom would be proud or like, or what. <laughs> so I'm, I was just thinking like, you know, getting your face on one of my arms. I don't know. Um, no, dude, ass cheek or it don't count. Okay. So that, that maybe get me like 50% off future races. No, no, you get you get you get in for free, baby, and you bypass any lotteries that we have. What, what about what about a uh, a face tattoo on my face? 
If I get Ooh. your face, do you actually pay me to run your races, or is that like instant Ooh. instant sponsorship? I, I guess like it's like well we didn't want like I feel like a lot you ever seen that like I feel like a lot of people are, are smart for this but if you're a company you're like oh, fuck here's another one damn it what are we gonna do it's like so I've seen people who've had companies and they'll like sp- they'll fucking get a tattoo of their logo on their like leg and it's like if you're the company you don't want to be a dick and be like well you know if we're innovate the last thing we want is like you have an innovate to yeah, an X through that, and then Hoka under that. It's like, oh god, that's some redneck shit right there. <laughs> All right, uh, I've appreciated your time. I mean, I think it's really cool. Like the listener doesn't realize the initial chain of whatever. I mean, yes, Matt sent an email, which is awesome. Um, but you re- you reached out because you had someone training for an ultra. You said it's just way back. This might have been almost yeah, a yeah. year ago, man. And you're like, like the only reason she's doing an ultra is because she listens to your podcast. Like, I got to get on your show at some point. And I was like, oh, yeah, man. Like, totally. You're you're part of the community. I have to have you on. And then I got into George Death Race like three weeks later. And I was like, oh, now I got to time this out um, <laughs> and drag my feet. But um, is that true? Like, so someone was listening to the Training for Ultra podcast that you were running with or something? Yeah, man. So I was in Moab, you know, obviously I have the U 100 mile race and I'm out there a lot. Like I go play pickup soccer there. I skydive there. I paraglide there. I run there. Right. Um, and I was there one April. I usually go after one of the questions you asked earlier is like, what about after the races? I actually like pretty much black out my windows and I'm not joking for two, three days after race, I pretty much go uh, lay in my bed. I, I have all the lights out and I kind of just take all it's like sensory deprivation. It's like, light, I can't do you light incense anymore. or no, no incense. Uh, you don't want that. No, sensory. no, no, uh, no, no. I just usually hot, hot wax. Yeah. No, no, no. I usually consume like copious amounts of alcohol and listen to like a Joe Rogan podcast, maybe go for a float tank or something. But I happen to be usually after Georgia death race, I would like treat myself and be like, yo, I'm going to go on like a cheap ass vacation. So like from Atlanta, it's like, what's cheap salt Lake or, or Los Angeles. Right. So I go and I stay at a hostel in Moab. It's like fucking like 17 bucks a night. And so I was out there and by myself and I was, I saw like, well, Oh, like, Oh, some chicks out here for like one of the Zion races. Now earlier you asked me, Oh, is there other people I don't really care for? I don't personally care for the people that own ultra adventures. I wish Matt Gunn still owned that. Um, but that's another story for another time. Uh, hashtag ultra races by ultra runners. <laughs> but anyways, this girl I was talking to, she's cool as hell. She's from Australia, dude. So some girl listening to your podcast from fucking Australia traveled all the way from Australia to, to Utah and was spending time in Moab checking shit out, hit, checking off the national parks and was going to run like some 50 K races, her first 50 K. Now wow. I, uh, I don't have, I, I don't know her name we don't stay in touch, but if she's listening, Hey girl, Hey. Um, so yeah, dude, <laughs> you never know how far your shit reaches, man. Yeah. No, I mean, same with your podcast, man. I know you, you label it as East Coast, but um, my guess is you don't get those kind of download numbers without hitting global scale. So, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. and You too, man. 
yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time. And geez, next week, um, I'll see you. Maybe we'll have a yeah, beer. Maybe you'll still be up. I mean, maybe I'll finish 23 hours and 59 minutes. I'll be that guy that makes you wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's 24 hour cutoff, right? For Georgia death race. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll grab a golden ticket and be like, Hey, see you, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I've been sandbagging. Uh, fuck everybody else. Yeah. If, if, I, if I grab a golden ticket, please withdraw all my blood and go test it because uh, there's no freaking way. Um, no, but I, I appreciate it. I know you get stereotyped as like, you know, over the top and just cussing out of your mind. But I, I see the artist in you. That's how I want to finish. I see Sean, the, the trail you know, the course designing artist and I like how free spirited you are and you've come up with some serious genius works in your career. And I can't wait to see what future creations you come up with. And yeah, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours, so I will see you next week and yeah, just appreciate your time, Sean. Well, dude, I, I appreciate it, man. All that stuff aside, I'm never looking for props from anybody. I just, I put on races that I want to run myself and like the, the hardest part about being a race director is a lot of the races I put on, I'm like, fuck, I wish I could run this man. So to anybody listening to this, whether you're running the death race or not really savor those moments of the races, talk to the people around you at the races, you know, make new friends. Uh, don't be afraid. Uh, you know, I'd love to leave people with a couple of things to think about is don't be afraid to, uh, go somewhere, uh, travel somewhere. A lot of people, they're fixated on, I have to go run a race somewhere. Fuck that. Go somewhere and explore. Just because it's not a race doesn't mean you're not going to be safe on a trail. You know, there's plenty of, we have plenty of resources to know and figure out where we should go run. Go do that. Talk to people who've done a lot of these. Take everything with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, do what makes you happy. You know, it doesn't matter what color you are, what, you know, ethnic background you are and you know what sex you like you know just have a good time be happy spread the trail love and at the end of the day be fucking weird and drink good whiskey <laughs> that that i can't add any more to that man that's great i appreciate your time again and um see you next yeah, week man. get ready cool bro All don't right, die before I won't, and I, I won't die during, because that would be the worst death possible. <laughs> yeah, remember, right, no polls. That shit's for the strip club. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out. All right, see you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that was episode 82. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I used the wrong mic for most of that episode. I'm sorry. I will correct that, but we got through the episode. We got through a full interview with Sean. Hopefully they don't shut down my podcast now, but it was uh, it was fun. It, it was cool to hear a lot more about what it's really like being a race director behind the scenes and a lot more. Big thank you to Exoskin, Destination Trail, Sufferfest Beer, Hammer Nutrition, and Ultimate Direction. Again, the book's available on trainforultra.com and Amazon for the digital version. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy your training. And I'll have a race recap coming up here shortly. Georgia Death Race is coming up. So see you guys next week.